0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. We're on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Series XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Don't forget to download the podcast. Subscribe or whatever people do with podcasts. Uh, Joe Fortenbaugh. Is on the Goodyear Hotline right now. Good morning, Joe. How was hey, your Joey? Thanksgiving, gentlemen? It's always a pleasure. Thank you so
0: much for having me on. Thanksgiving was great. I'm hoping the same for all of you guys with your families. Oh, yeah, my
2: favorite. Solid, solid. I, you know, I ate well. You know what I'm saying? How did no catfish go? I actually, we actually had salmon instead of oh. catfish. We, ah. we grilled. We grilled a huge yeah, salmon along with the turkey and all the other stuff. But that was another thing that we put. He there. just like cooks like good food on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is about turkey.
1: And you could do a little ham <laughs> You
2: too. would know wouldn't you do turkey? <laughs> Salmon Salmon.
1: Salmon is for what you eat after Thanksgiving when you're trying to lose the weight You're not on Thanksgiving. Some
2: people don't eat turkey, so you give people a different variety of things to choose from. Max, you should know that. Plus, well, Max,
3: you had the turkey in the draft, so that means, you know, Key and I couldn't have turkey. Well, the I the turkey, guess,
2: the
1: gravy. I guess that's true. I didn't get it deep fried this year, but it was good. Uh, yeah, the greatest day of the year. Just eat and watch Joe,
2: football. Joe, let me ask you this question before we get going on anything because I, I don't – as I was say, I was about to say, I ain't got no money. That ain't real English. I don't have any money <laughs> um, to spend. So I want to just ask you this question: um, What what does it look like in Vegas now that Lincoln Riley is the guy at USC in terms of national championship hopes? So there's a lot of
0: excitement, obviously, around the country. But when it comes to Vegas, I don't know if there was a massive adjustment that has taken place. Like what we've got to figure out is a few things regarding uh, when it comes to futures for college football, which players are going to be back from certain teams, which te- which players are going to leave. You know, you look around the landscape of college football, especially in the Pac-12. What's Oregon going to look like next year? What's Utah going to look like next year? What's Arizona State going to look like with Herm Edwards next year? So obviously we're going to see a move in USC's direction. It's going to be popular. In terms of making the playoffs or any sort of national championship hopes, obviously we should pump the brakes. It's probably going to take him some time to get his guys there, but it is a very optimistic outlook, all things considered. I I can't find a lot of people who have knocked Riley uh, and the hire for USC. It does look like a home run at the moment.
1: Mm, um, all right, let's uh, let's get down to business. Anybody over else here. have any questions about their alma maters? <laughs> yeah, Columbia football, uh, <laughs> Duke basketball. <laughs> well. Have they found another guy like Marcellus Wiley? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Anyone ever going to make the league again out of Columbia? All right, look, um, Los Angeles Chargers. Joe, Joe of ESPN's Daily Wager, of course, and co-host of Countdown to Kickoff Sundays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Joe, Los Angeles Chargers. At Cincy, Herbert and Burrow, Cincy's favored by three. The over fifty and is 50-and-a-half. Nothing but Cincinnati money
0: since the line opened. Look ahead line was Cincinnati minus one and a half. Then it came back out on Sunday at two and a half. Now it's up to three. And for good reason, people are excited about Cincinnati. They've been solid as of late, but look at the Chargers. One and five against the spread over their last six games. They started the season four and one. They've gone two and four over their last six. The one thing we thought they would have with Brandon Staley as their head coach is a good defense. They've got Joey Bosa. They have a healthy Derwin James. This season, they're 29th in scoring defense, but I will throw this at you. I think the numbers starting to get a bit high. If it gets the three and a half, you're going to see some of the smart guys coming in to play the Chargers, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and when you look at this football game with the Chargers, they've got to win this game if they plan on – both of them need to win to plan on winning the division of standing in contention and strong playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals on an offensive side of the ball have explosion with Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase was slowed down a week ago, but he will catch fire again. So I'm looking at the at the Bengals and saying, hey, they'll probably win this football game. It'll be a real fought, tough game, but in the end, they'll come away and prevail with a W.
3: All right, Joe Washington, uh- WFT, Washington football team uh, at Las Vegas uh, spread is two and a half for LV over under 49.5.
0: This is all about the situation here. The Raiders open as a one and a half point favorite. It's now up to two and a half because they have 10 days to get ready for this game coming off a big Thanksgiving win over the Dallas Cowboys, which everybody watched. And people suffer from recency bias. We all know that. So they look at that game and they think, all right, the Raiders look pretty good there. We all watched it. Maybe they've turned a corner. Maybe they're ready for the home stretch here. They're going against a Washington team that's on the short week here, right? So the Raiders have 10 days to get ready. Washington only has six days to get ready and they have to travel across the country, but be careful here. Washington has been really impressive since they came off the bye. Three games since coming off the bye. All three of them, they were an underdog. All three of them, they won outright. I know it doesn't always look pretty, but they are getting the job done here. I don't have a solid lean on this. I think you can get the Raiders at a good price, but tough to go against Washington based on what we've seen these last three weeks.
2: You know, I got to go against the Washington football team on this one. I know the defense is playing a little bit better. They got the W in a dogfight, and everybody went crazy, and now they're, oh, they're back, they're back. I don't necessarily know that they're back. When I look at the Raiders, I think the Raiders go to Dallas, win that game, and look, a lot of people don't like Carr. I'm different. I watch football enough to know what I see. I think he's on to something at the quarterback spot. They've got to just continue to play strong, run the ball with Jacobs, the front seven, play the way that they play, get after Heineke, they get out of there with a W.
1: Yeah, the Raiders are, or Carr's pretty good. And the Raiders are okay, but I'm with you, Joe. That defense is coming around, and Heineke's just doing what he has to do. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Baltimore's four-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 44 points.
0: All right, a lot of Ravens money here. They open as a three-point favorite. It's up to four and a half. That's a significant move when you come off the key number of three, something we've talked about before. This is a tough one, all right? Because if you look at the history of the series between these two, the favorite has only covered seven times in the last 30 meetings. This is an underdog rivalry. The underdog has performed very well over the last 10-plus years. What do we think about backing Pittsburgh, though, right? They're 4-7 and against the spread this season. They're 22nd in scoring. Like putting your money on Ben Roethlisberger is one of the most frustrating things to do this season because you watch that offense struggle to move the ball down the field. Now, conversely, do you want to lay four and a half on the road in a division rivalry with the Ravens who, A, haven't been all that solid on the defensive side of the ball this year, and B... I have a quarterback in Lamar Jackson who might have the highest ceiling in the NFL, but also has one of the lowest floors in the NFL. He's been turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and the Steelers can still play some defense. So right now for me, I would look to the under, to be honest with you, if you want to make a play. I think the Steeler defense is familiar with Jackson. I think the Ravens will be able to step up against Roethlisberger.
2: This is the same situation that the Ravens faced essentially against the Cleveland Browns. Lamar Jackson could turn the ball over four times with interceptions in Pittsburgh because of their awful offense in their old quarterback and terrible offensive line play will not capitalize on those turnovers so i like this football game for the ravens not that lamar will turn it over four more times i just think if something goes wrong for him they can respond differently because pittsburgh's offense is just god awful
3: all right San fran at seattle San fran minus three and a half over under 45.5 joe
0: all right, so last week when the look ahead lines come out, uh, we see San Francisco as a pick 'em in this game. All right, understandable. Russell Wilson's come back. Maybe he's knocking the cobwebs off. Uh, San Francisco's been playing well. It's a road game, tough rivalry. Pick 'em. So it comes back out on Sunday after the Niners win again, and it's Niners minus two and a half. And then it's Niner money, Niner money, Niner money, putting this all the way up to three and a half. Why? Well, anyone who's been watching the Seahawks since Russell Wilson came back from finger surgery on his throwing hand realizes this offense is absolutely dreadful. In those three games, they're averaging nine points per game. Nine points per game since Russell Wilson came back from that finger surgery. But what do you want to do with the Niners here? Do you want to lay three and a half on the road in a divisional matchup like this, knowing that even though this team has been very good as of late, they've scored 30 plus in four of their last five. All right, they're running the ball really well. No Debo Samuel. He's hurt. That's a huge blow to the offense. And no Fred Warner at middle linebacker for the defense. That's a major blow as well. I think we might get some points in this one considering how bad that Seattle defense has been. I might look to the over.
2: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Fred Warner. You mentioned Debo Samuel. Some of the things that I look at with San Francisco going to Seattle, divisional game. I think Seattle has enough to beat up on San Francisco, even though Russell Wilson has played pretty poorly of late. But He goes back home, he goes to Seattle, he needs to get things turned around because we are now questioning, has he reached the ceiling in his career? He's got to show us something different. I think Seattle clips San Francisco.
1: Okay, guys, let's go to the college game. Big games in college football. Fate of the playoff on the line. Georgia, Alabama, that's the heavyweight showdown. Georgia's six-and-a-half point favorites. The over-under is 49-and-a-half points, Joe. Total's been dipping. It was over 50. It's coming
0: down. That's my favorite playing it. I'd go under the 49 and a half. I'd also look to Georgia and lay the six and a half. I don't want to lay the seven. A lot of people will say, well, you're sleeping on Alabama because of what happened in the Auburn game. They look really bad there. It's not just the Auburn game. All right, when they leave Bryant-Denny Stadium, which they'll be doing for the SEC championship game, they've struggled. They won by only two at Florida. Florida fired their head coach. They were terrible. They lost outright at Texas A&M. A&M didn't come anywhere close to meeting the expectations we put on them before the season started. All right, and then they should have lost the game at Auburn. And when they faced a really good defensive line against LSU, they struggled in that game as well. That was a home game. I think is going to push them around all over the field. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I'd go under, and I'd lay the 6.5 with the Bulldogs.
2: I'm not sleeping on the Alabama Crimson Tide at all. I think Come Nick on Saban now. is one of the best coaches ever to do this in college football. He's always beaten his uh, predecessors, his younger dogs, except Jimbo Fisher clipped him this year, but that's okay. He bounces back because he's been in this position many times over. He's going to shock the nation when they upset Georgia has a strong defensive team. I don't necessarily know that the offense is what you think it is.
1: Yeah, I hear you, key on, on the Saban thing. I got that a feels like a catfish suspicion. bet, Max. I think we should put some catfish on that. <laughs> I like the over-under play, taking the under, but I got a suspicion about Alabama. Houston at Cincinnati. Cincinnati giving them 10.5 points over under 53. I like the dog here. I take Houston plus the 10.5. It's got to be 10.5 or better,
0: though. If it gets down to 10, you might want to get away from this one. All the talk's going to be about Cincinnati coming into the game, as it should be. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Don't sleep on Houston. They lost their opener against Texas Tech, and since then, they've rattled off 11 straight victories by 22 points per game. They got a top-10 scoring offense, a top-20 scoring defense. They come into this game loose and carefree, right? They're trying to ruin Cincinnati's season. Cincinnati's got all the pressure in the world of a perfect year and a spot in the playoff. The only thing that worries me, and I'm going to throw a conspiracy theory at you guys, the only thing that worries me in this game is the officiating. Everyone in that conference knows what's at stake for the conference. Everybody knows what's well aware. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Cincinnati got a little home cooking in this game.
2: Mm. Yeah, I I think Cincinnati's a good football team. I kind of like where they're at. They've gone up against Notre Dame on the road. That was a big-time game for them. They took care of business. This is a big-time game because it leads them not only winning the championship within their conference, but it also keeps them in the top four for the college football playoffs. I like Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is focused in. He's not worried about the next job. That's why schools have moved on and hired other coaches, because his priorities right now is winning this game against Houston and getting his team in the final four.
3: Can't say I'm always excited to watch uh, Iowa play, but I am excited to watch Michigan versus Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Michigan giving up 11 points over under 43.5, Joe.
0: I'm not sure what I want to do with this one just yet. <laughs> I find myself leaning leaning to Iowa here, yep. and I'll tell you why. I, I, everybody in the world is going to want to bet Michigan after watching them beat Ohio State last weekend. I understand that. Harbaugh and Michigan have had a tremendous year. But this game is not at the big house. This game is a neutral site game in Indianapolis. Big house crowd noise was huge for them last week. So you take them out of that setting, you put them on a neutral, and you're laying 11 points in a game where the total is 43 and a half. Right, so the bookmakers are pricing this game to tell you it's going to be low scoring. So I'm going to get 11 points with a top 10 scoring defense a top 10 team in opponent yards per play, and a team that ranks 14th in rushing defense in Iowa, who, oh, by the way, Michigan loves to run the football. Michigan's not running wild like they did against Ohio State, which they might not be able to against this Iowa D. It might be a little bit more of a grind for them. Not saying they don't win, but it's not going to surprise me in the least if Iowa hangs tight, at least for a few quarters in this one.
2: I'm going with Iowa, Joe. I think this is a perfect setup. You talked about it from the money side of the game. I'm talking about it from where Michigan and Iowa's at. It's not in the big house, okay? It's in Indianapolis. It's indoors. It's different. Iowa somehow always winds up putting a a dagger in people's hopes. And I think Michigan is overhyped because they beat Ohio State in a hostile environment on a snowy day. It was going to come at some point in time for Harbaugh and company. They did it, but I think Michigan falls, so the Iowa Hawkeyes put a monkey wrench in that Final Four.
1: I like I like Joe's logic here on the under. I liked your logic on the under Alabama-Georgia, and I like also the logic whether or not you take Houston on Houston beating the spread against Cincinnati. Okay, there you have it, folks. Let's get the house money now delivered by FanDuel. We're not done gambling. Let's get the house money delivered by FanDuel. Uh, Q Evan okay. with results. <laughs> Get the house money delivered by. Family. Well, house money.
4: You got
2: Jay. It. Oh, you got it? Okay.
1: Yeah,
4: here yeah. we go. Jay has 74.05. Max has 76.71. And Joe is in the lead now with 110.70. Slow and, and steady wins the race. Key is out. So, yeah, I, I, so I so gave, gave last I loaned time, some money to some people. So the last time we made bets <laughs> was week 11. We skipped week 12 with the holiday. Week 11, Key bet 98.07, all of it on the Raiders' money oh. line against the Bengals. Lord. Man, they got. Rush. <laughs> yeah, I Rush. loan I loan
2: my money out to the guy. I'm waiting Jay, for him to give it back to me. Jay lost Jay <laughs> lost
4: fifteen bucks. He lost both of his bets uh. on uh Dallas to cover and Indy to, and Buffalo to cover. Um Max lost a couple of bets, ended up losing eleven ten, and Joe ended up uh winning some money there last week, so that is where we're at.
1: Joe's up ten dollars and seventy cents. Keys wiped out. Jay's down $26.95. Sorry, $25.95. And I'm down $23. So, you know, Joe, I'm down
3: $25 and I'm still in third place. I'm only in third place minus $2. So, I'm still there.
1: All right. So, what do we got this week?
0: Joe, you want to start, set things off? Gentlemen, we got a lot of time between now and the end of the season. We can still turn this thing around. So I'm going to start with three wagers this week. All of them are going to be for the standard. Risk $5.50 to win $5. Number one, Minnesota and Detroit under 47 points. No Dalvin Cook in this game for the Minnesota offense. No DeAndre Swift in this game for the Detroit offense. Which, by the way, I guess we can call them an offense, but they don't do a whole lot of scoring this season. The Lions have scored more than 20 points one time all year. One time they've scored more than 20 points I think Minnesota's defense while they've struggled on the road will step up in this spot under 47 Vikings and Lions game number two under 45 points Eagles and Jets Philadelphia tied for six then opponent yards per play this season they can play some defense that was not the problem at MetLife Stadium last week it was that damn offense that couldn't do anything at any point throughout the course of the game Defense is going to limit what the Jets want to do. Jets are 27th against the run this season, so Philadelphia should be able to run the ball, keep the clock moving grind it down, Philly and the Jets under 45. And then finally, it's a big number. We got a lot of road favorites this week, so you got to be careful here. I'm going to lay the eight with Arizona against Chicago. Uh, There's nothing sharp about this play. I'm just letting you know that Kyler Murray's coming back, or at least he should be back. They're going to be off the bye. I don't trust the Bears at all. 29th in scoring, 29th in yards per play. Nice win against the Lions. Awful game management by both coaches at the end of that game. I think Arizona comes off that bye with Kyler Murray back, and they roll. See, I'm with you, Joe. I, I like
3: a couple of your unders there. I'll go with your under $5 on Vikings and Lions. I think it's at 46 and a half. No, 40, is it 46 and a half, Evan? I, think so. I saw 47, but 46 and a
0: half is there as well. So okay. it depends on which of the Caesars we use because we can use Vegas or we can use the Jersey book.
3: Okay, I'll use the Jersey book I'm from Jersey. Anyway, I'll still go under. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll go, you know what, I'm going to go $10. On the Cowboys to cover versus the Saints.
2: You should put more up. Just because Coach
1: Jerry Jones I have to gave me insight on Zeke,
3: so I'm gonna go
1: Coach Jerry Jones on this one. I have to think of some new bets. I think because Joe took two of mine that I wanted. Well, you can still take you, his maybe. Bets. Yeah, you know, maybe what I'll do is I'll just bet different amounts because uh, because he he's ahead of me by thirty some odd dollars, so I I can't just match what he's doing. I like the so bet more. I like. That's what I'm gonna do. I like <laughs> Arizona to cover against Chicago at home with Kyler Murray, I'll put 10 bucks on that. Wow, How's that? Who are Whoa. you right now? I know, I'm shooting you? the locks <laughs> off the wallet here. That's right. Don't mess around. Um I also You know what? I'm going to put 5 bucks on the Chargers to beat Cincinnati straight up. I I think they're going to beat them. And I so I'll put 5 bucks there. And uh what else? The under Oh, I like that under two, but I don't want to really do more than five bucks. You know what? I'll take Kansas City to beat Denver five bucks and put five bucks on them just simply to beat Denver. I don't know who you are right now. you be so
3: risk averse.
1: Yep. Well, I... uh I don't want I just don't want to match Joe's bets is the only Joe, thing. Joe, Max
3: Max is
0: swinging hard out here See, today. I'll, I'll, See Max, here's yeah. the issue right now. You're caught up too much in the competition of who's going to win more. You got to focus more on just right. turning I'll put a profit. Five, all right. Exactly. I'll put
1: Okay, that's a good advice. I'll put 5 bucks on the under Detroit Minnesota. There you go. There you just go. Go. make okay.
0: good bets, let's get good
1: prices. That's yep. what
0: this all comes yep. down to. The big reminder for everyone out there, we're not betting players, we're not betting teams, we're betting prices. We're trying to find the best possible numbers here. Key you
2: know? any bets free? Oh no, sorry. No, I, 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 I didn't win with your gotcha moments, you ass. <laughs> Name calling doesn't get you far in life, Keisha. Uh All
1: right, so I guess that's it. That's house money delivered hey. by FanDuel. Get your first bet risk-free when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using promo code KJM. Uh, thank you, Joe Fortenbaugh, as always. All right, be Joe. Keeping our eye on the predictions five J- times.
0: Yep. Gents, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having
1: always. me. Best of luck to everybody out there this weekend. Be seeing you on TV. Uh, a five-time Pro Bowl-er whose next battle is in the ring. Who could it be? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and Series XM Channel 80.
2: Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast.
4: Must be twenty one plus and present in president select states. Gambling problem, call one eight hundred gambler, terms and conditions apply see app for details.
1: Keyshawn J. Willem on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel Eighty, and your smart speakers download the podcast. Podcast doing well. All right. Um we're gonna get more into this tomorrow, of course. Key, I like what you had to say about Alabama upsetting Georgia on Saturday. I hear you about Saban. It just feels like certain coaches, they ain't going out like that. It's hard to imagine, and yet Georgia's a big favorite here.
2: I I really don't think that – I mean, I I get what people like. Georgia looks good, impressive, but I watched the Tennessee game. I watched three quarters of that, and – you know, Tennessee's not quite at the Georgia-Alabama level, but they gave Georgia a little bit of fits. That was a dogfight, and then eventually Georgia pulled away. Bryce Young and company are pretty damn good on the offensive side of the ball. Auburn is a matchup that is going to always, as a rival, give Alabama problems. Even Alabama was the the, the toast of the town with all the number one picks. Auburn still... Gave him fits and put him in a dogfight. See,
1: um, that's what I'm saying, Key. Like, everyone's holding Auburn against them, but the fact is they won the game. When you're in a rivalry game like that, uh, don't tell me about what the what the rival's record is. It's an off year for them, whatever. A rivalry game like that is dangerous. And the fact that on a bad day for them in a rivalry game, they won is, to me, a plus, not a minus.
3: I was going to say, you know, it, it's. I don't hold it against Alabama at all, but it, it's— Funny at the beginning of the year, everybody questioned Georgia's offense so much, and obviously their defense is next level. They have a top ten offense in the country, guys.
2: Yeah, I'm still questioning the offense. Except, but you it's a top, co- yeah, top ten Yeah, but 10. you can keep that. Okay, you can keep right. That offense. You can
3: say. I mean, I'm, you can keep it. Doesn't mean it's not. No, the effective. fact is, it's top ten. It's effective.
1: That's the fact. Now, yes. is it, but, You know, I wonder how much the defense is affecting that. Right? Like <laughs> it's like just juicing the whole Man, squad. Man, uh,
2: look! Look at the turnover differential. Look at the points scored on the defensive side of the ball. The offense gets the credit to that. Their offense is not good. Their offense is okay. Alabama's defense is coming to the party to play. Now, I may be wrong. They may go out there and smash them. I'm just going based on history, and history tells me that Nick Saban knows how to play in these type of situations and games. I want to introduce now a
1: Five-time Pro Bowl running back, second-team All-Pro. NFL 2010's All-Decade team, that's Frank Gore, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, uh, Frank is here. It's Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are fighting on Saturday, December 8th at uh, in Tampa, Florida. Tickets are on sale and can be purchased at uh, com. Pay-per-view telecast is produced and distributed by Showtime Pay-per-view. It begins live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, In the undercard, Frank Gore himself will take on three-time NBA All-Star Darren Williams in a four-round professional heavyweight fight. Max, you didn't
2: know that he was the only NFL player in the history of the NFL on three different all-decade teams, huh? Whew, no, I didn't. <laughs> that's how low. That's how long he played, man. He, oh, he was man. on the decade 18 way back with Walter Payton. <laughs> with Walter oh, Payton. Man. Damn, Frank. Hey, how you hey, doing, hey, man?
1: Hey, oh, you I'm say, good, man.
2: I'm
5: good. How y'all doing, man? I'm you good. All right. Well, hey, I, hey, that's why. That's why I didn't want to play no more. Cause it's like. I've been blessed. I work hard, man, and I continue. I still can play. And they just keep they keep knocking me for it, man. I'm like, bro, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let my kids, you know, you know handle their business in college, and hopefully one day they'll be, get to the NFL. But uh, I'm like, man,
2: how can I get knocked?
5: And, no, no, you, know, you ain't I'm, getting knocked. I go to, I still you know do my thing, man.
2: No, you're not getting knocked. It's, God, just that, it's, just, it's just that the players that's playing with you at the teams now wasn't even born when you started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Ain't nothing <laughs>
3: wrong with holding on to it though, Frank. You know what I mean? It's it's the love, it's the passion
1: of it, man. I appreciate. it. No, yeah, you're right, Max, What's up, man? What's going on? You tell me. Why'd you want to get in the ring? Um, you know,
5: I've been I've been boxing for like part since like 2006, and uh, not, not like tra- training for a fight, but I, I always like did it like for a workout, you know, because it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first went to the boxing ring, you know, gym, you know, you know, you know how it is, like in the hood, you feel like you could fight. And once I got in the gym, man, it made me feel like I couldn't because it was totally different than a fighting. What's and, um, How
1: long have you know, been a fight fan, Frank? Man. When did you get into the fight I, game, though, just as a fan, though?
5: Oh, I've been, been always like, I always, always, you know, been around. I always liked, the, you know, Boston. You know, I always liked it like Tyson not when I was a kid. Um, you know, I like Floyd, you know, Pacquiao. You know, I, I love like, you know, competitive guys who, you know, competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been around in a while. I remember, Matt, remember, um, I, I met you on um, the Nonito or Riggondale fight, remember?
1: At the Yeah, in New York.
5: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I used to be, that's what I'm saying, I used to be in the gym with No Needle. You know, I used to be, you know, I've been in the gym in San Fran, my my trainers in San Fran, um, Miami. So, you know, I stayed around it because I felt like, especially as a running back when I got up in age, you know, I want to keep my legs fresh. You know what I'm saying? So I I use boxing to get in shape before I even start my workout for no, football. No, I, I, I so, mean
1: it's it's so funny because your whole career and you're known for durability and longevity. But I remember I, I forgot what year it was, but sort of earlier in your career, I was starting to think, man, is Frank Gore going to be able to stay healthy? That <laughs> was like you know, oh, yeah, ten yeah. years later, you're still killing it.
5: No, nah, because you know I you know, I, you felt that way because of what I had to deal with in college. You know, knee injuries, shoulders, you know, and I, everybody felt that way. And, you know, I got to take my head off. I got to thank the man up above for blessing me to keep going. And also, you know, the love I had for the game and the hard work I did in all season. Um, but, you know, I felt, I felt like once I started, you know, getting boxing and I felt like, you know, I, it was helping me, like, and I didn't have to really pound my lids, you know, before I really started my football workouts. And I just kept doing it, man. And, you know, you see what everything going on. it's a lot of boss and What J. Paul is doing, and and I wasn't really sure this year that I really wanted to play. I was going back and forth, and I had like three teams called. and but at the time I had, you know, stuff set up with the family. Man, my stepson was born in Wisconsin. You know, and he was having a great camp, and they was like he might play. And uh, you know, we had like we had a you know we had a trip to go to see my son play, and you know, a team kept calling. You know, one of me, you know, because they bats, you know, got banged up. And, you know, one got hurt for the you know, the season. And I've been around a coach who, you know, um, he coached me in San Fran. He was my coordinator in San Fran. So he called me, wanted to see if I wanted to play. And I wasn't sure. And when I and that was the first time I felt in football, like back and forth, not sure. And that's one, one of the reasons I didn't go because I never felt that way. And, you know, I was in the gym with my boy Xander. You know Xander is a young kid, um, kind of top rank. I, You know, I was in the gym with him, and they know I've been around Boston, and I hit the miss with uh, Coach um, JC, uh, who just upset uh, Fimo, uh helped George upset Femo this past weekend. And they was like, man, you got the basis. you know, with all the stuff going on. You should t- give it a try since you not sure about football. And I just going to the gym, man. You know, I just like I'm gonna do it, man. I said I'll do so it. What's up, and Frank? "Here we go."
3: Frank, let me ask you a question. You being five ten, Darren Williams being six three, six four. Obviously, longer arms get gets that jab. How do you counter that, man? Like, what's your strategy going to be? Question. Well,
5: that's 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 what I want to see. You know, because you, you know, we we can't really see film. You know, I know you know he's been around MMA. You know, MMA and boss is totally different. But that's that's the game plan. We want to see how his job is. You know, um, but we, you know, we've been, I've been in the gym. I've been exploring with guys, since two, six three, So I've been doing pretty well. Um, but we'll see, I'll see the first round, you know, how his job is. It's fast, slow, you know, um, but you know, i find a way. I'll find a way.
2: Frank Gore, five-time Pro Bowl running back, future Hall of Famer. Joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Uh, Frank, when you're still paying attention to the NFL, clearly, um, What do you make of the injuries that's happening to some of the top running backs this season? And, you know, why is this taking a toll on running? Like, why are the running backs all of a sudden starting to fall and people questioning on whether or not the economics should be paid out to the top running backs?
5: I I just think, man, like, it just, man, sometimes I gonna say it's just luck, man. You can't, like... Like like I, I go back to my career, bro. Like people said, well, I won't be in the league three years. You know, I you know from what I've been through in, in college. You know, I just think you ought to have some type, some type of you know God on your side at times. Like, things just happen. I hate when you know the injury prone. I hate that, bro. Because you know sometimes you just can't control what happened on the field. You know that, Keyshawn. It's a physical, it, you know, it any at any position? It's a physical game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say. Yeah, you just can't help. You just can't help what happened, man. Um, but I will say, man, like I do like these young guys, man, when they is on the field and, and especially the kid from, you know, Indy, man. He took a bitch step from year one to two. Um I like his game. I think we, it's a bunch of talented running backs out out there. Joe missing balling. Um, my boy Diamond, even though he hurt. Um you know, so you know, sometimes you just can't help it, man. You know I't not just to run but just playing ball period football period
1: hey frank um let's say you beat Darren Williams what's next? I'm gonna see you know, because i I'm not gonna lie man you
5: know, It's this this training for a fight just training for getting the shape of football is totally different man your body um you know man this I think me playing football and doing football workouts and doing training for a fight is training for a fight way harder than training for football, man. And I think because, you know, I'm still learning. Um, But, you know, if I go out there and enjoy it, man, we'll see, man. I'll see. I'll see.
2: Man, he played basketball. All you gotta do is hit him one good time. He gonna quit.
1: No, you gotta get inside the jab. He was right. Let's see what the jab looks like. You gotta weave inside somehow. No, nah,
2: Listen to me, Frank. Don't listen to Max. I know more boxing than Max. <laughs> got to weave nah, the jab
5: Max, and counter. Max, count it. Max Hey, Keisha, Max knows boxing, man. I, I'm, I'm being real. I listen to his show special. You know, every time a fight, man, I, um, I make sure I listen to it. Like. You know what you talk about us because he knows boxing. No, nah, I know now. Max
2: knows that boxing. I appreciate yeah, that, yeah. Frank. I like,
5: too. I like, I like, I like going to your show, man. When you, um, you know, especially with big fights. Well, listen, um, Frank. Like I, like, I was surprised. I was surprised, like you, Max, with the stoppage, of, uh, you know, with with Terence and um uh, Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing how Sean tough and, you know, it was surprising that them, you know the stoppage.
1: Frank, I do a, I, I do, like, a, I, felt, I do a segment called Ballers on Brawlers. I want to get you on Max on boxing for it. I'm with him. That's it. That's I'm it. With Frank Gore. And then we could chop it up about the fight game. For, like, you know, get in depth. That is Frank Gore, ladies and gentlemen, as Key said, future Hall of Famer joining us. Big
2: fight. Appreciate on that,
5: Keyshawn, man. Facts. I appreciate, I appreciate that knowing that future Hall of Fame out there. Because they Facts. be knocking me for no reason.
2: Man, they just, you, you, know, know, how you know how I go,
5: football man. Football player, you know what's up, Keyshawn. You, you know ball.
1: Yes, sir game recognized game. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. It's Saturday, December 18th at the Amalie Arena in Tampa, Florida, and Frank Gore is on the undercard versus Darren Williams. Thanks,
2: Frank. Appreciate it. I think he's gonna be he gonna be a good he gonna be a good boxer because he's gonna be able to talk that talk too, though. You know the <laughs> boxers, they gotta they talk that talk. He got that straight Florida in him too. He's gonna be talking that talk. What level of Real must win? State county, man. See there you go. What <laughs> level of must win is this tonight for the Cowboys? The Keyshawn Jay Will and
1: Max podcast.
4: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot
1: We asked at Key J and Max today, what level of must-win is this for the Cowboys? Zero, 50, or to the max? Okay, almost 13% said zero. 27% said 50. said this is a to-the-max, a must-win for the Cowboys. 60.2% to be precise, so over 60% of respondents with three options, 0-50 or to-the-max, said all the way to the max. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's heating up and the fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Key, J 0-50 or to-the-max. How big of a must-win is this
2: for the Cowboys and Saints? I would say max on both. Right. They, they One wants to win the division. The Cowboys are out. Of, in my opinion, they're out of contention for the first round bye. but stay in contention to win the division. They got to win this. And in order for the New Orleans Saints to just sneak into the playoffs, they've got to win it. They've got to win it. Winded ain't such a word. Winded. Got to win it. Got to win it. That is tongue tie. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I was reading something. Evan was putting something on the board and I was trying to read that and talk at the same time. Well,
1: unless it's a tie, one of these teams will have winded it.
2: when did it? It's not English.
3: I'll go with the max on both. I go with the max. Especially, look, the Cowboys are a team that we love to talk about. And people love to hate on the Cowboys. Considering they lost the last three out of four. I I think, you know, getting things back on track is critical for this team. Now, I know they're going against a lot of adversity. All the, you know, Mike McCarthy, O-line coaches, all the people out due to COVID. But having a lot of individuals come back from an offensive perspective um, I think that team, that offense, has to look like what that offense was that we saw when they were 6-1. and one. I, I think it's good for them to start heading in that direction considering we're coming six weeks left until we're there, guys.
2: One of the biggest problems for the Dallas Cowboys heading in tonight's game, though, is they're going to be without offensive line coach Joe Philbin and his assistant offensive line coach, which is a huge, huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints in a defense that is pretty solid Not the 85 Chicago Bears and not my championship Super Bowl team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but a defense that has some stuff. And when you can't run the football and you can't make the necessary offensive line adjustments in game on the sidelines, it could create a lot of problems. Amari Cooper coming back two weeks. He's been out of two games. He's got some health issues he's got to deal with. Hadn't felt great in practice because of the win and the things that he needs to do. Uh, You know, Jay's had COVID. Jay can speak to that about how difficult it is to get that win back up in such a short period of time. It is C.D. Lamb uh, with the concussion protocol being able to go tonight as well. So we'll see. Um, I actually think, well, first
1: of all, the Saints know firsthand about what you just said, Key, losing offensive Mm -hmm. uh, uh, personnel on the coaching staff. to to the COVID protocols, that happened to them. And when people were overrating the Panthers, it was partly because they beat the brakes off the Saints. But that was why, because the Saints, you know, who were a good team, they were winning at the time with Jameis, but they were not a good team when they missed that personnel. I'm going to go 50 on 50 to the max for both teams, and I'll tell you why. We phrased the question as a must-win game. To me, if I went all the way to the max, I'm saying it's must-win. I think this is a pretty damn good idea to win type game. But Cowboys are not going to get the buy in the NFC, and they're also not going to lose the division, most likely. It's possible, but they have a nice cushion. The Saints aren't going to win the NFC South. That ain't gonna they ain't gonna be they're gonna have a better record than the Bucs. But they could lose this game and still make the playoffs. You know, so I'm gonna say both teams, the Cowboys, they can't lose four out of five. It's just bad. A damn good idea to win, but I can't go all the way to the max on a must-win game. Meaning, this is a must-win game for either team. They can both make the playoffs with a loss here. It's just, it's just they need to stop you know the Cowboys. Dating. Up two games on the uh, Washington on the... football team. Yeah, no, you're right. It's yeah, not impossible. But,
2: but, but if they lose this game, that division gets really, really tight. Yeah, if people think that the Washington football team can go in and beat the Raiders this weekend, which a lot of you fools do think that, mm-hmm. that that could happen, imagine. And they still got to see Washington twice. Yeah, I'm not saying. And that's why Giants. I'm saying good and idea to win this game. I'm just saying, and like, the Giants, and I'm and just saying, saying if you have to just say that
3: those games are always key. It's like those
1: no, are know, rivalry those are games. Rivalry games. Just, you yeah, never know what might happen. Never know. Exactly. But 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 the thing I'm saying about it is just you're right. What you just said. And on top of I'm that, still Max, betting on the Cowboys. But, no, no, yeah, no 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 yeah.
2: no on top of that, Max, it gets real tight. Meaning, like, you get real scared. You drop this one to the Saints. Now, all of a sudden, guess what you're doing? You scoreboard watching. Mm-hmm. Four weeks ago, you, five weeks, six weeks ago, you were not scoreboard watching. You know what's weird about the Cowboys? Now you're going to be scoreboard watching and, and looking and going, man, we got to do. Oh. And, and now you Did start coaching different. Yeah. You start yeah. coaching scared.
1: You know, you know what's weird about the Cowboys, guys? They could easily lose this game. Stumble into the playoffs and be the team no one wants to play in. Like, if they got healthy and started clicking on all cylinders by the playoffs, the Cowboys, in a weird way, you'd think the Cowboys, no, they're these big favorites. No, they might be the team where you're like, well, they just barely got in, but I don't know if anyone wants to play them because if they get healthy, they're going to be tough.
2: Yeah, but when you stumble into the playoffs, your confidence is Mm shaken. Unlike rolling into the playoffs. When you roll into the playoffs, that's a different level, well, but,
1: but no. Let's just say they look good last week. Of the,
2: you know, the they they're, they're they, by games, stumbling. They I just start... mean
1: like they claw their way in. It's tighter than they want it to be. They don't look good, but the last game or two, they start getting healthy. They start clicking on all cylinders. Could you imagine the Cowboys as like a somehow a Cinderella team in the playoffs?
2: It's all about getting <laughs> hot at the right time, right, Key? It is all about getting hot at the right time, but you want to make sure that you know you're doing that three, four games toward the end of the season, opposed to two to one game before the season ends. I'm yep. going to win. I had a four-game lead in the division, but now I win the division with one game. That's not – you, that you're going to go in them. there uncomfortable. I'd Ooh.
1: love for the Cowboys to not win the division. Oh, my God, I'd just be <laughs> laughing. It'd make the Giants season better for me somehow. I'd just be laughing all all off season. I'd be cracking up. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we will be back here tomorrow morning. Greeny is next. ESPN Radio. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Boy.